Hey, Peter. Hey, what's up, Adam? Hey, how should we start? Um, I thought we started already. No, but I mean, how should we start the show? That's what I mean. I thought we were... Are we on? Is this thing on? Is Hello? This? Hello? I feel like this is not going to be one of our more iconic episodes. Au contraire. Mon frere. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming at you, flowing at you. Flowing at All you. up in your eardrums. Falling <laughs> up in your eardrums today. Sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com uh, to check it out. Peter, today we've got a really fun episode. I love these kinds of episodes. This is really a listening-based episode. Uh, and this is inspired by, do you remember the sesh, Peter? I do remember the sesh. As some folks have been referring to it, the dear, dearly departed sesh. R.I.P. the sesh. The sesh was a... but. Not dead forever. Not dead so forever. Temporary oh, RIP. We've got exciting sessions. That's on right. So the sesh was something that Peter and I started during the lockdown in the early pandemic times, the long, long ago, as we call it. Yes. And it was, uh, we were just bored, essentially. <laughs> and we were talking about things that we missed about not being in lockdown. And one of them was listening to music with friends, right? That's yeah. something that musicians do all the time. Actually, it's one of the most educational things you can do is to listen to music with people that are better than you, that are your peers, and that are worse than you. Because things happen, like you explain things to people or things get explained to you. You get uh, turned on to new music. Yeah. You get uh, a bit of education that you weren't even thinking about. And then the whole time you're getting an education by listening to the music and you get to just chill and enjoy a nice evening, listen to great music. So we started this sesh. Every Tuesday night we would listen to a complete album. It was really, really fun, uh, really, really popular. Everybody was digging it. And then we just stopped because, you know, <laughs> that's what we did. We got a little overwhelmed. No, but there was some, well, we got a little bit of the Facebook shutdown. We won't talk about that. that yeah. That was related to that. But also know? it was, it was, and it, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. We'd done like 40. Yeah. And it was enough. Well, and yeah. we do have this new idea, which is info on, you know, on that coming soon in the, in the coming months about uh, Sesh 2.0. Um, and then we also wanted to encourage, as people were, we, we're trying to stay in, stay in sync as folks want to go out and can go out safely. And that we, we tried to sort of time it like that. Sure. It's hard because we had a worldwide audience and different things at different places, but we want people to, you know, we want to be in sync with what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about the Sesh uh, as I was planning today's episode. And I thought about one of the ongoing themes of the Sesh, and you will remember this because we talked about it nearly every episode of the Sesh, was was the way an album starts, right? Mm. And how important it is yeah. to set the table. What Are you noodling? I'm trying to noodle here, but I'm, I'm I'm having to do it so loud. All you can hear, I you, you got no Just, sound for me. No, I don't. I haven't turned. The, so technically it's not noodling if you can't hear it. I know, but you're still, this guy is I a noodle it. supreme. <laughs> okay. Look at this. He puts me in front of the keyboard. And I turn it off. And then, <laughs> and you can't help yourself. I mean, this is, this is I was born to do oh this. Oh, my God. This is a maniac. This yeah. guy's a maniac. He's a noodle maniac. He's a maniac. I'm playing maniac. Okay. okay. So the idea is, is uh, one of the things we talked about is how important the opening track is. To all of these iconic albums that we were listening to, it was obvious that the opening track really set the table, set the tone. And so I was thinking of all the different kinds of opening tracks you can have because yeah. it's not... It's not the same vibe. Like you don't have no. to have the you don't have to open an album the same way, and it doesn't it doesn't make the album better or worse. In fact, there's definitely artful ways you can do it, many different ways. Oh, there's ways you can do it worse. Oh, there's definitely bad <laughs> ways you can do it. But 
I, I thought I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about five ways to start an iconic album. I have like sort of five personalities yeah. <laughs> types that you could start with. And uh, they are, I'll list them off and then we'll kind of go through. I've got three listening examples each. So uh, we have five different ones. One is the how do you do. The how do you Two do. Two is the, has it started yet? <laughs> three is the, uh, this is going to be heavy. Mm. Four is the, what do you want to play? Mm. <laughs> five is the label needs a hit. <laughs> <laughs> These are five different ways to start an album. That's great. So we'll start with the how do you do. Now, the how do you do, this is classic, Peter. This of is course. definitely the most common one. This is usually a medium to medium up tempo. Yes. It's catchy. It's grooving. Yes. It clearly introduces the tone of the album. Yeah. It's usually uh, a really like a nice introductory uh, track for all of the players on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, how would... Now, you know what would be fun? Why don't you present to the dear listeners yeah. um, how that would sound like... Well, I'll throw this out there, but you can correct me because you okay, came up with okay. this. I would say this is the equivalent of the, well, how do you do? How do you do? No, it is, is that, exactly is right. It? Okay, it's like, how do you do? It's very lighthearted. It's, it's a little creepy, though, the way we're doing it. So should we present a little less creepy? I don't know. The how do you, the how do, you do? Yeah, there <laughs> you go. I don't know. <laughs> no, but you know... It, That's it, a little aggressive. I like it. You, you're going to... So we have examples. This is going to speak for themselves here. That's and it right. doesn't even matter the... Like, we have different genres here of... No, it's not just straight ahead. It can be... The how do you do can be... It can be serious. It can be sad. But it's a... It's a... It's a... It's a... It's a uh, not upbeat, but it's a medium... Medium up tempo. Everybody gets a little turn to solo. So, you know what would be fun is if this is a success, which is feeling like it's going to be another oh, episode. Yeah, Next time we do the how do you don't. Because that's don't. another way to start Actually, yeah, we Oh, we're going to go negative now. <laughs> oh, okay. sorry. No, no, yeah, we're yeah. not doing that. We're keeping it. Keeping so it. <laughs> I think a perfect example is from Dexter Gordon's Go. Oh. Obviously an iconic album. Uh, and it starts with Cheesecake. Check it out. This is a perfect example of a how do you do. You know what I mean? How do you do? How do you do? Isn't that perfect? That's so great. You all know this album. If you don't know Go, where you been? Sonny Clark. Go, check it out. Sonny Clark, man. Okay, one I'm of the great sh- albums. Sounds great. Uh, playing is great. Album cover. One right. of the greatest uh, Blue Note album covers of all time. But you don't need it to be so straight ahead even. So I was thought about. I was thinking about different kinds of albums that use the How Do You Do. Yeah. Even something like Eric Dolphy's. Wait, up- before you go to that. Okay. Can we play that just one more time? Sure. Because another angle on the how do you do, I, sure. did, I heard as you played it, was there's a little bit of an introduction yeah. between the players. Right? A little well, how bit. do you do? Well, how do you that, do? I think I didn't think about that. And then, you're right. There's a little bit. And of then a, Dexter kind of brings it in with the double, like they're, yeah. they're doubling up the temple, but they already know. Well, how do you do? Here's Cheesecake again. Like so just walking along on, on by themselves. Well, how do you do, Mr. Symbol? Dexter Gordon. I just want to hear it again anyway. I know. It sounds so good. So, but uh, as I was saying, this doesn't have to be limited to just straight ahead albums. This also works for out albums, you know, avant garde albums. Eric Dolphy's Out to Lunch. The first track is Hat and Beard. This is so, this is very how how do you do for this album. That's kind of similar, actually. (laughs) How do you do? How do you do? You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of. How do you do? like you're in a british spy you know like austin powers-esque but it's setting up the album you know what i mean it's medium tempo it's it's catchy i 
I'm a sucker for it. Orchestration. These albums, these Eric Dolphy albums, orchestration yeah. uh, is key. Yeah. Gotta get to the solo, just the first part yeah, of the yeah, solo, because that's a real, that's a how do you, that's a how do you do. Yeah. Uh, but like, like, how do you do? Yeah. How do you do? <laughs> Everything falls apart in right. a beautiful way. So that would be past the how do you do introduction yeah. there. But that is definitely a how do you do track. Like that's yeah. the point is like this, it's a, it's a table setter in a very how do you do kind of way, even for something like Out to Lunch. That's Hat and Beard, Eric Dolphy. Now it doesn't even have to be limited to this kind of black American music. Uh, we have uh, Anat Cohen, I think has a great example from... Her album uh, with Canada not play Black American music with why, why well, but this is Brazilian some Brazilian music here right. with Trio uh, Brasier. I don't know, I'm terrible at this. Trio Bra Trio Brasiero. Thank you very much. Trio Brasiero. That's right. This is their album Rosa dos Ventos, and this is Bayao de Esperanza. Rosa dos Ventos. Thank you very much. It's a bit of a how do you do though. This is what's going to happen on the album. Yeah. They're head. They're usually head nodders. Yes. They're head nodders. The how do you do? What I wondered too, if we couldn't even think about this analogous to you're arriving at somebody's home, you are in the entryway. That's right. Exactly. The veritable vestibule. Absolutely. You know, and you're kind of talking something. It's not like come right on into the kitchen and let's eat, or come into the living room and let's chill. It's like, hey, how you been? What's going on? This is what's going to happen. It's that entryway. And I think it speaks to something that we often talked about on the sesh, architecture. Absolutely. You know, architecture. And so this is the kind of meta of this tune, the how do you do portion of it. But then the tune serves as that on a great, iconic album, the whole first tune as well. So that's a Not Cohen and Trio Brasiero with, with Rosa dos Ventos, Rosa dos Ventos. the album. Uh, and so, so next up is number two. This is the different, a different numero uh, dos, a different way to start an iconic album. This is the. Has it started yet? Boom! I love this one. So this is, I think, best. Has it started? This is best. Uh, is it, that also known as the? Is this thing on? It is. It is. <laughs> wait, did I press play? Uh, this is uh, unclear if you've pressed play on the CD player. Yeah. Sometimes a jarring intro, several seconds in. Sometimes yeah. there's usually there might be crowd noises or a skit. Yeah. Or some found sounds. You found know, you, sounds. You, you, I like. You that. know what I'm saying? So this best is, I it's, think, it's almost like you're not coming in the front hallway. You're kind of like <laughs> banging on the back door. Let me in. I'm coming right That's in. Right. Or you're sneaking in, perhaps. Hey, by the way, we have a, a Spotify playlist with all of these. If you want to go on deeper, like if you like anything you hear, you want to go on a deeper dive, it's here in the description. You can check it out. So this is, of course, KOB. Yep. <laughs> 
Wait, is this? Has it started yet? Yeah. Is this thing on? Hello. Hello. Someone told me this is an iconic album. <laughs> this is when they're like, Miles is gonna let us do the real take in a minute, right? He's like, that's where we're gonna start the cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where we should start it. So I'll be—I'm gonna be completely honest, man. I think I heard this when I was 14 years old. Mm. Maybe it was one of the first, you know, jazz yeah. albums I ever heard. And I remember that intro being like, "What is this? I know what is going on." I was so used to just, you know, the Beatles or the Beach Boys or whatever, and right. it's just like, "What is happening?" But when they went into Boodoo, yeah, then, then was, you were like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Beatles, Beatles, Beach Boy, Beach Boy, yeah." <laughs> Well, I would just say that, like, I was full disclosure. Yeah. You know, uh, sue me because I'm going to be very honest here. I, up until relatively recently, as in the 21st century, I I did not really enjoy that portion of the tune. I just never knew why it was there. Like, they're they're kind of noodling. This is before <gasps> I, this is before I was heavy into noodling myself. <laughs> well, no, it just seemed like. Before you started your noodling career? Yeah, it was, it was pre-noodle. It was a pre-noodle, Peter. Oh, no, but it just, it wasn't even, it's not like your traditional kind of noodling like yeah, I do, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it just didn't seem like it fit to the tune. But the thing was, I had played the tune, I don't know, I just didn't, but I was afraid to say anything because the whole record's so good. But as I no, don't be afraid. went deeper into the tune, this is from when I was four years old to four and a half. From age four and a half I on, I got it, of I course. <laughs> no, no. no, but the idea that it makes sense on the larger scale of of the like, if this was a single, you would just start it at boom, 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 on it, the, the radio. When you hear flamenco like sketches at the end, you're like, ah, it all it's, it, it it's all a complete together. package that, that I think really works. Agreed. Uh, next up is a little uh, again. It doesn't have to be just straight ahead stuff. Next up is a little weather report. This is the start of weather weather reports, uh, 1974 maybe. Something, yeah, black market. Black market. Started yet? Is the, the crowd rustling their way in? Did Joe Zavala get a pre-digital patch? Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love this one, man. This yeah. is one of my favorite genres of starting an album. It is great. I've never started. Have you ever started an album like this with a? Is it started yet? I've never. No. I've never done. I've always started with like a the, the bang with the. This is going to be heavy. That's what right. I try to do. You know. Right. Uh, so last up here for the Has It Started Yet is from Branford Marsalis, 1987, I think. This is from... Oh, it's a great record. It's a great record. If you don't know this record, check it out. It's Trio GP. Don't sleep on this one. Yeah, this is housed from Edward. Oh, man. <laughs> Sing it one more game. <laughs> Back him up, Joe. He's tough, though. But I'll play him one more. What's going on? Is this Branford? That's Bradford. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. You're like, wait. Is that Milt Hinton? It's 25 seconds in. Yeah. This is such a good album, yeah. man. Oof. What a player. So I don't know if I vamp for a minute. Could you pull up another Bramford? I know. I know that we're uh, we, we're on a schedule here, but I just thought of a great. Could I throw in a? It's our show, man. Can we I do throw in? We want. It's my show, and we can do what we want what to. Do you want, what do you want to hear? 
can you pull up Stella by Starlight by Branford Marsalis? And I'll just vamp about this. Because you put Branford in there, I'm realizing he's kind of a master of, and this is really the overt extended has it started yet style that we could even say. And I think, I just love the way this track starts with the music. But... That's great. I actually was looking at this album, but this is not the start of the album. No. Oh, right. That's right. It's the start of the track. This is a great track. This is also, this is his album with his father, Ellis. Ellis Ellis. And it's, uh, man, it's so good. Oh, that's right. It's not the beginning. Okay. Let's see. Come on, Peter. Get with the premise. That's how we did. But I got to sneak in and hear one of my favorite tracks ever. Next up is number three. But that Uh, does speak to the kind of, you know, duality of it starting, you know, the has it started yet of a track and the has it started yet of an iconic album. For sure. For sure. Number three of the five ways to start an iconic album. Again, check out the Spotify playlist if you want to go on a deeper dive of any of these. Number three is uh, the This Is Gonna Be Really Heavy. Now, this is usually very epic uh, sounding loud. It could be very serious or intense Mm -hmm. or intellectual. It's one of those things where upon your first listen, you might be like, oh, snap, what did I get myself into (laughs) here with this? But it can be ultimately some of the most rewarding things that we listen to. You might hear the beginning of it, and then all of a sudden, like, wait, how long is this album? How long is each track? You're, you're going to immediately be right. Every track size. is at <laughs> least, yeah, yeah, yeah. The minimum twelve minute track length That's for right. an album like this. But I think this is embodied most perfectly by and and absolutely stunning uh, by. I think th- this is to me is one of the great works of art of the 20th century of any genre. This is a love supreme by John Coltrane. One of the great starts to any album of music ever recorded. Yes, I, I, there's a lot of platitudes, but I you know I'm this is my this is my this is my this is gonna be heavy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a gong. Hold on, we gotta do that again. It's like welcome to the to the Thunderdome. And then also what what train plays after the gong? I know. Oh man, hard mixed over on this side. Epic. Just epic. Epic. Can we can we start that one more time? I'm sorry, man. Sure. That's so just and I'm gonna tell you, listen you just to know with it's gonna be heavy. And listening with headphones, I encourage folks, don't turn it up too loud. But listening to headphones, you get that separation train far on the left, the gong, the cymbals everywhere. Rudy Van Gelder, there's a very tinny piano sound, but everything else is just masterful. Well, that's why everything sounds so good, unfortunately. <laughs> for the time, you know. That's right. Yeah, don't sleep on that. I mean, if you don't well, you know can't, that one, you can't, yeah, sleep, you on can't sleep on it. So next up is from the 80s, one of your favorite albums, 1984, I think. Black 85. Codes, 85, Black Codes from the Underground. Wynton Marsalis has one of the most epic intros ever. Check it out. Ah. Woof. Yeah. Kenny Kirkland. It's got a little tune to it. You know what I mean? You yeah. know this is going to be heavy. You're Stank like, that face up again. I got it on. Uh, Come on. It's heavy. Uh, really Tain driven Watts. by, yeah, I was going to say, dri- driven by Jeff Tane Watts in the way that Elvin was driving. Has there. Jeff Tane Watts ever recorded anything that you weren't like, this is going to be heavy? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? uh, it's certainly playing to his strengths if you start out the album like this. I mean, like you don't have to tell him. It's like, this is the vibe. Oh, this is going to be the first track? Cool. I, we have four on this one because I there was just too many good ones. This is one that we actually listened to on the sesh, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, they're going in for the kill from the start here." Yeah. This is from Artemis's self-titled release just last year, "Goddess of the Hunt." Mm. Amazing. 
know what I mean? Oh. That whole album actually has a bit of epic vibes throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But it's a great start to the album. It sets the tone. Yep. It's it just has that intensity out of the gate. All right. So we Wait, could would we say that the um this is going to be heavy is kind of the uh antithesis of number one, the how do you do? Or the mirror not the mirror image, the uh the inverse. I think bit. it is. Yeah. yeah. The how do you do is a bit it's not light so much, but it's not heavy for sure. Right, you right. know what I mean? Uh we couldn't include we couldn't have a this is going to be heavy list without including something from Kamasi Washington's The Epic. Ooh. This is the uh, epitome of modern this is going to be heavy. It's not going to be light. No. It's no how do you do. No. It's huge. Yeah. There's a width and breadth to it. Choir. The choir's in it. I mean, there's an entire 11 choir. second. <laughs> it's got everything. 12 minutes long? Check. <laughs> <laughs> there's like 17 Kamasis already there. There's I a know. full choir. It's amazing. The piano is like, has like a chorus pedal on it. And <laughs> um, okay, so number four of the five ways to start an iconic album is the... I love this one. This is the what do you want to play? <laughs> this is definitely... So this is like head arrangements standards there's a four bar intro and we're in yeah you know that's kind of the vibe now yeah. i want i want to be clear here this might seem like okay this is these are going to be light right yeah. this maybe is like not well thought out oftentimes this is done by groups that have been together for a little while yes and are very from and like don't need to have a big concept because the group is a concept yeah. or the way they play is the heavy concept for this so this doesn't necessarily this isn't like a necessarily a how do you do or anything kind of light-hearted it's just an obviously like what do you guys want to do yeah okay cool and then you know it's going to be popping because yeah. it's the band right and possibly even especially in this first case like a situation there you're working so much you're so dialed in as a group you've got a, this great repertoire but you haven't recorded it yet yeah. but you've played it live a lot and it's like let's go in the studio this is not like the leader being like this thing I wrote last night. I stayed up all night here. You dropped the chart. This is like let's do and just yeah. start playing. Start playing. And there's that great confidence of a working band able to sort of dial it in. And when we talked to the icon Ron Carter about his time yes. with Miles Davis, our friend, our Mr. Friend Carter, of, friend of the show, friend, Mr. friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Mr. Ron Carter, he talked about this playing in Miles's quintet about how Miles would like they would be out of like coming off of an airplane. Yeah, and, and remember just, he's just like, and yeah, and just sure grab the bass. So I thought Miles was the perfect place to start with the what Miles do you want to, what do you want to play, Miles Davis, and this is from famously when he was uh, just. Just he was just fulfilling his record contract. Yeah, they just needed to make some records. They made three or four. four. They made four in two days two or something. Days, yeah. yeah, two sessions. This is from Relaxin, and I think this is perfect. For yeah, us. I'll play it and tell you what it is later. I mean, he give you the kinds of rights right there. He's just like, I don't, no one's gonna know. Yeah. Let's bring reverb on the snap. It's Relaxin. If I were a bell. Again, they're just calling tunes, yeah, yeah. you know, but with this band, that first great quintet, yeah, 
can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. You know what I mean? Another one that I think of like this is Sonny Rollins' trio, Pianolist Trio. It's one of my yeah. favorite albums of all time, live at the Village Vanguard. Uh, this is, what do you want to play? How when, do you, when do you want to go into the melody? <laughs> got chills, Peter. Chills. Man, listen to that dry <laughs> Vanguard sound. I mean, I feel like I'm there. I, I'll, I'll admit, I put this on the list because I've, I've listened to this album a billion times, mm. and I just got chills. I haven't listened to it in a while, and I know what I'm doing tonight. Tell you that much. That's amazing, man. The Going to the sound, Village Vanguard? I wish. <laughs> the sound is so incredible. Uh, another, what do you want to play? Let's be honest here. OP. Oh, he was a master of the what do you want to play. Because he, he could just be like, what do you want to play? I mean, yeah. he made an album called We Get Requests. <laughs> I know. That's like the, exactly. <laughs> it's the ultimate exactly. what do you want to play. But this is uh, something a friend of the show, Rob Endicott, hipped us to. Oscar Peterson and Clark Terry duo album. Yes. On a slow boat to China. Great way to start an album, by the way, this tune. What do you want to play? What I love about it too, man, is when it's the right musicians, it's like like some musicians you can you can orchestrate out everything. Yeah. You can plan every last detail. Right. And then Clark, Terry, and Oscar Peterson get in the studio and are just like, I don't know, slow about China? Yeah. yeah. And they just make the most beautiful uh, art you could imagine. Kind of plays to their strengths. <laughs> For sure. Okay. We have just one more category. Before we get to that category, though, if uh, if you're digging it, click the like button. Why not? That's right. You know what I mean? But what if they're listening on the podcast? What do they do? Uh, how about a little uh, little rating and review? We wouldn't. We would not erase it. We definitely couldn't. No, we couldn't. <laughs> and you know what? I want to get back to. I'm gonna be honest with you. What I want to get back to. Remember, we used to get weekly, if not daily or biweekly, yeah. seven star yeah. reviews. Yeah, yeah. That was exciting because most of the podcast review systems will only allow five stars. It was but we were breaking that. System. We had some breakthrough, much like a breakthrough COVID <laughs> case on a fully vaccinated person. We broke through with seven stars when five were only available. That's pretty amazing. So how do they do that? They just go to wherever they get their podcast, and they leave a rating or review or both, (laughs) and uh, you just kind of figure out a way to put in seven stars. A lot of people just say seven stars. Some people have figured out how to put star emojis. Like star emojis. We like those because it's a a visual confirmation and indicator of the love. Some people go a little far, like 700 stars. It's a little much. That's a little much. But we'll take it. You're going to jam up the system on that one. Okay, so we have one last category here, five ways to start an iconic album. And then actually I have a bonus here. I have one that embodies every single one on the list. (laughs) That's every single thing. I can't wait for that. I I don't know because I don't see that online. Because you think that some of them, I mean, it is a bit of a of a of like the, like a paradox here, but we'll make it work. So this last one is really fun. This is the the label needs a hit. <laughs> this is a. I, I love the desperation in your voice the way you say that. Well, it's, it's kind of an uh, 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 old school idea, but I, it's obviously a hit song, right? It's obviously like the single. Yeah. You know, you could see this was put put it up top by an A and R person. Right. 
Uh, it's simple. Usually has a sometimes kill- to the chagrin of the artist, they might be like, "Let's put that later on." Sometimes, but, sometimes. but we but the label needs a hit. Uh, the label <laughs> needs a hit. Simple with a killing groove, almost always. Oh, just to be clear, this is never done in jazz anymore because uh, there are no never. hits anymore. <laughs> almost never. Almost never. Perhaps there's vocals on it when there's not vocals on the rest. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah, right. You know right. what I mean? And they're, and they're totally disconnected to the rest of it, Rob, as well. And it's usually the most commercially viable opener possible on right. the album so i often it's think a crass and open uh, call for help pretty right. much <laughs> so uh, i think a great embodiment of this is lee morgan's the sidewinder i mean none of this doesn't take away the quality of any of this stuff no no to be clear these are all yeah. iconic albums like, yeah, yeah. now these are also done on non-iconic albums that, but we're not doing a negative episode that's not for how sure. we roll <laughs> sidewinder takes the cake here i mean out the gate like, Come on. of course this is the hit that's right Label needs a hit. Label got a hit. What? Label needs a hit. What? Huh. Of course, the Sidewinder by the great Lee Morgan. Yeah. Iconic album. For sure, and that's an iconic way to start. You start with the hit. Yeah, start, start with, with the hit. hit. You know why? Why? Because the label needs a hit. Because the label needs a hit. Now, in the early 80s, Herbie Hancock had been through a lot. Yes. He'd made a disco album not two years before. Which one would you consider the disco album? Sun, sunlight, 100% oh, sunlight. is okay. a disco album. Disco groove. I mean, he's in a butterfly collared shirt. <laughs> with a, Oh, that's not the only a, album he's got. A gold medallion. Yes, uh, but but a, a 70s disco-esque outfit will get you into a discotheque, but you're not going to hear sunlight played in a discotheque. Studio 54? You might, man. Really? You might. That's in the back room. I thought it was you. (laughs) Well, I don't have that. We're talking way too much about this song because I don't have it on on the list. (laughs) But not long after that, he made an album called Future Shock. Yes. And the first track on it ended up being his biggest hit ever. Yes. This is on MTV. Yeah, it was a cultural What do you know about MTV? I know a little bit about it. So this was 83? I think so. 82, maybe? This is Rocket. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty much just this. What? It's pretty much just what? Look at this pop guy. Pop it, lock it, pop it, lock it. What? Come on. It's taking me back to the early '80s. Get, don't give me my black pants with the zippers all over it. Parachute <laughs> pants. I'd love to see that. <laughs> now, to be clear, the rest what? of Future Shock doesn't really sound like that. You know what I mean? No. Completely. Uh, that was definitely the hit. That yeah. Was definitely the hit. And this was really the first. Um, this was the first uh, awareness. I'd actually heard Herbie Hancock because my dad had some some great records, Miles Records with him on it. But when I heard this, I was like, I want to do this. But I was also trying to learn how to scratch. This was a big breakthrough for like scratching records. And I got a little confused and tried to scratch with this actual album. I thought you had to have somebody scratching. Turns out that's just coincidental. Yeah. But I digress. You digress. So our last track today, uh, this to me embodies everything, <laughs> all five. It's a bit of a how do you do in that it's a medium to medium up tempo. It has a vibe of has it started yet? If you pair it with it's this is actually the second track on the album. The first one is a bit of a mic check with all the artists that are going to be on the album, which is kind of a desperation um, label needs a hit a little bit. No, 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 no. Okay. The, no, that's a bit of a has it started yet. 
Oh, right, right, right. right. And uh, there's definitely a vibe of this is going to be heavy just because it starts in a kind of epic way. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a standard. The, the song itself is, it's a stand like it's a, I mean, people play it at jam sessions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's also, it was a huge hit. Like, yeah. and it's got a, it's got Erica Badu on it. It's Afro Blue from Black Radio, Robert Glasper. Right. We're not going to pair it with Lift Off, Mic Check, but uh, I think this, in a way, embodies everything that you could embody for Five Ways to Start an Iconic Album. Definitely an iconic album at this point, Black Radio. Yes. This is Afro Blue. Label needs a hit. What? It's going to be heavy. <laughs> it's going to be heavy. Well, it's, how do you do? It's a bit of a how do you do. Dream <laughs> of That's kind of a how do you do with the flute. It's a bit of a how do you, I mean, it's a medium tempo. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels good. It's a great way to start an album. It's also have as a start yet because it's coming in and then going out and coming in. Shades of delight. I love her voice throughout this too. Rich as the night. Afro blue. It's Afro blue. Black Radio, Robert Glasper. Yeah. Kind of, it's everything. It's everything, really. You know? Yeah. That's all we got, Peter. Well, that was awesome, man. I loved talking about five ways to start. With a bonus, that would be sixth way to start an iconic album. Put them all together. Put them all together. Great stuff. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, man. Until tomorrow. You'll hear it.